The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hi, this is Leah, and welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio here on Voice America Variety. And also a great welcome to the folks from Project Freedom Radio Network. Welcome to today's show. We're going to talk about the dawning of a new age, something maybe we haven't heard of since uh, the great song from the 70s said, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. You know, for myself specifically, I've always held the vision of a peaceful world inhabited by a loving population. And even in the face of adversity and the natural challenges that we all experience throughout the course of our lifetime, I have always held true to this vision. I have seen a lot of changes since my early years in metaphysics when meditation and auras, cosmic energy astral projection and spiritual development were things that seemed to belong only in ancient texts and stringent spiritual practices that required arduous initiation rites of passage, long pilgrimages to foreign lands, or denouncing all of one's possessions and taking Buddhist vows. But now, as we're on the threshold of the dawning of a new age, this vision of a peaceful planet inhabited by a loving population seems much closer at hand and a reality that will certainly occur in our lifetime. Let's take a brief astrological view of things as we begin to explore this subject. In the Piscean Age, that is in the dust behind us, it was a central and even sacred task to find and gain access to the right information. The motto of the Piscean Age was to be or not to be. Learn, grow, and become something. Great knowledge about human potential has been guarded by secrecy and layers of initiations. Now, the Piscean Age has been dominated by machines and hierarchies. And as the Aquarian Age dawns, the old ways based on hiding and controlling access to information will no longer work or will no longer apply. 
The Aquarian age is ruled by awareness, information, and energy. In the Aquarian age, there there are no secrets. Information is readily available. And finding it is not a difficult or central task any longer. In the Aquarian age, the motto is, to serve is to succeed. And real value, real value, authentic value, will come from truth embodied in practical actions and qualities of our minds and our hearts. December 21st, 2012 is not the end, not the end of the world. It is a new beginning. It's a rebirth of a fresh new world. Earth is entering that age of Aquarius and changes are happening and the Earth will still be around for a long, long time. Light and positivity will flow and become brighter and brighter during this time. Now, many believe that the coming of December 21st, 2012 will bring destruction, chaos, and the end of times. Well, at the same time, many others do not fear this date at all. And this is because experts and scientists have taken the time to study this subject. And what science has concluded is that there certainly is some kind of change happening to the world and to humankind. Changes that are occurring, such as riots and rebelling against former leaders, geographical and climate changes, and change in the way the human, really many changes in the way that human civilizations live and think and work. There have been numerous theories of how the world will come to an end in 2012, and these theories have only been successful in creating unnecessary and unwarranted fear. The ancient Mayans believed that December 21st, 2012 was the mark of a new era, and that it didn't necessarily bring on destruction and mayhem, but instead knowledge, and enlightenment. And many carvings belonging to the ancient Mayans show the gods arriving from space on that day and pouring water down on human civilization. The prophecy that some predict is floods, but others agree that the water isn't depicted as gathering around on the ground, but instead simply flowing onto mankind. Water through history and various cultures has always been represented, and always, it's always represented the idea of knowledge. Water, flowing water like knowledge. There is no doubt about it. Clearly, there are positive uplifting energies available during this time of the dawning of a new world age and beyond. Yet, often we're so focused on what we are doing that we miss the energies from the unseen world that are here to gently guide us. More and more people are setting aside time, daily, 
to sit quietly in the stillness and commune with the energy of creation that we are collectively connected to. The Aquarian age is ruled by awareness, information, and energy. People will feel more inspired to take practical action towards serving the whole of humanity. The focus will be on the development of that which will be of benefit to all and is both renewable and sustainable. The energy of compassion will flow more easily from humanity in the form of more of a balance between the heart and the mind and between the thought and the deed. So these are all good indications of really great things to come as we move into this dawning of this new age. And Anna Cooper who is author of books, one of them in particular, 2012 and Beyond, and another, The Transition into the Golden Age in 2032. She shares information that's been prompted to her by her guide, Kumeka and Metatron. And they let us know that December 21st signifies the end of a 26,000-year astronomical period and the beginning of a new one. During this time, there will be a rare alignment between the Earth and the Sun. In previous times when such an alignment has occurred, because of the low level of human consciousness, of the the consciousness of humanity at that time was at a much lower level than it is now. And because of that, a result of that low level of consciousness, there were calamities and catastrophes that followed. Yet at this time, there is every indication that there's the opportunity to create the dawning of a glorious new age of enlightenment because of the collective shift in consciousness that has been created as a result of so many people on the earth choosing to live a more conscious, spiritual, and healthy life. Now, on the winter solstice, Neptune, Pluto, and Uranus will interact with one another. These three energies will lend itself to the possibility of a great shift and influx of positive energies on the Earth. Neptune represents higher spirituality. Pluto represents transformation. And Uranus represents change. So as the energies of these three planets work together, they will have a very favorable impact on the consciousness of the planet. The change that can be created as a result of this planetary interaction, has the potential for such a positive impact, which is why many have suspected that the ancient elders could not predict what would happen past this time frame in the history of the Earth. 
The Mayans called December 21st, 2012, Creation Day. The prophecies say that the energies that are activated at this time have the potential to stimulate our genetic memories and make way for humankind to live in alignment with their true nature and spirit. The elders suggest that this energy will also realign the energy of the pyramids, which connect us to our rightful place in the universe, and we will experience a rebirth of human consciousness. The Mayan, Egyptian, and other pyramids work like cosmic computers and act as generators for universal energy. The Inca suggested that before 2013, asteroid activity would assist in activating the purification of the energy of the Earth. The Aztecs say that this time frame is the beginning of a fifth world age cycle. And many of the Native American elders agree that the fifth world age starts in 2012. The Hopis concur that 2012 is the end of an era, and after a period of transition, the energy of the new world age will be established. The Seneca Indians say that there will be a 25-year period of purification up to 2012. The Maori traditions claim that there will be a lifting of the veils of illusion and 2012 marks the beginning of a merging of physical and spiritual planes of existence. African shamans talk about 2012, and the Zulus talk about it as if it is a tale of cataclysm. The Egyptian myths indicate that the end of 2012 heralds a planetary shift in consciousness. The calendar from the Pleiades, which is referred to as a cosmic calendar, ends on December 21st, 2012. The Tibetan and the Jewish calendars also indicate that 2012 is the end of a very long cycle. The outbreath of Brahma is thought of to last 26,000 years. Then, at the end of the outbreath, there is a cosmic moment. And during that time, it is thought that the heavens open, and in that moment, miraculous things can happen, including a leap of transformation for humankind. The highest possibility of 2012 is that the shift in energies will prompt many people to open their heart energy, which will create a gradual shift in their awareness. This will create a natural increase in the flow of energy of compassion between humankind and towards the earth and the animals. There will be a shift in people's self-worth, and as a result, people will be more likely to treat themselves 
and in turn to treat others with greater care and respect. And a natural outcome of this will be that people will be more inclined to want to work together for the betterment of humankind and for the betterment of the planet. There will be more focus on that which is sustainable and kind to the earth. You can affirm to yourself that you can make a difference. Think about your life and how you live. And find simple things in your life that you can change for the better. Then act in such a way that you make those changes. For example, you can smile at the clerk in the store, do random acts of kindness, meditate, spend some time each day counting your blessings and appreciating the world around you. Your energy will shift even from doing the simplest of things. And this shift in your energy will have a positive impact on the energy of those around you. Here's just a little visualization that Diana Cooper offers to us. It's a visualization for world harmony. So she suggests to just sit quiet where you can relax in peace. Close your eyes and breathe deeply. And ask guidance to bring you into alignment with the work that will satisfy your soul. Imagine yourself doing work that truly satisfies you. It may be something totally different from your current job. Feel yourself happy, well rewarded, and appreciated. Spread this feeling to everyone you know and picture them happy in their work. Now visualize everyone in the world in harmony with their daily lives. See them singing in their offices, in the fields, or wherever they are. Visualize everyone in the world in harmony with their daily lives. And then when you open your eyes, smile and know that the world is in harmony. For more than 20 years, Greg Braden has searched high mountain villages, remote monasteries, and forgotten texts to uncover their timeless secrets. And to date, his work shows us beyond any reasonable doubt that the key to our future lies in the wisdom of our past. And here are some excerpts from the introduction to Greg's book, Fractal Time. 
which explains the predictable cycles that our ancestors had written about regarding the natural cycles of the dawning of a new world age. Now, from the epic poems of India to the oral traditions of indigenous Americans and the biblical story of Revelation, those who have come before us knew that the end of time was coming. They knew, because it always does. Every 5,125 years, the Earth and our solar system reach a place in their journey through the heavens that marks the end of a precisely a cycle such as this. Now, with that end, a new world age begins, and apparently it's always been this way. For at least four such cycles, or five according to the Mesoamerican traditions of the Aztec and the Maya people, our ancestors endured the changes in global magnetic fields, climate, diminishing resources, and rising sea levels that came with the end of times. They did so without satellites and the Internet or computer models to help them prepare for such a radical shift. The fact that they lived to tell the story stands as a powerful testament to an undeniable truth. It tells us, beyond any reasonable doubt, that the inhabitants of our planet have survived the end of world ages in the past. Beyond simply surviving, our ancestors learned from the difficulties that can accompany the change. In the words of their day, they did their best to tell us what it means to live such a rare moment in history. Only five generations in the last 26,000 years have experienced the shift of world ages, and we will be the sixth. So the present world age isn't something that will simply fade away into the sunset of time that seems to perpetually linger somewhere, you know, somewhere out there in our future. Uh, just the opposite is true. Our world age has an expiration date. It ends at a specific time with a specific event on a day that was marked on a calendar more than 2,000 years ago. There's no secret about the date. The Maya who calculated it also inscribed it as a permanent record for future generations. The date is etched into stone monuments that were built to last until the end of time. And when the date is translated to our familiar system of time, the message becomes clear. It tells us that our present world cycle will conclude with the winter solstice that takes place on December 21st in the year 2012. It's on this date that mis the mysterious Maya identified the astonishing astronomical events that will mark the end of our age. 
and they did so more than two millennia ago. Now, the reason for this is physically our solar system is moving through the shortest part of an orbit that looks like a flattened cycle. An ellipsis whose far end carries us to the most distant point from the core of our home galaxy, the Milky Way. And the physical effect, both ancient traditions and modern science tell us that our location in this cyclical orbit determines how we experience the powerful sources of energy, such as the massive magnetic fields, which radiate from our galaxy's core. Recent studies suggest that it is precisely such cycles that may explain the mysterious patterns of biodiversity, the rise and the fall of life on Earth, such as the mass extinctions that happened 250 and 450 million years ago. Additionally, modern discoveries confirm that Earth's position throughout the journey, the journey of the orbit, the tilt, and the wobble, create the ever-changing cycles that influence everything from temperature and climate to polar ice and the magnetic field of the Earth. And then there's the emotional and spiritual effect. As we travel farther from our galaxy's core, our distance from the energy located there was described by ancient traditions as the loss of a connection that we sense both spiritually and emotionally. Scientific links between the qualities of the Earth's magnetic fields, how they're affected by cosmic conditions, and our feeling of well-being seems to precisely support such ancient beliefs. In the same way that Earth's rotation makes the darkest part of the night appear, just before the dawn, our position in the heavens is such that the darkest part of our world age appears right before our heavenly orbit begins the return that brings us closer to our galaxy's core. With that return, we experience relief from the cataclysmic forces of the cycles of darkness. And just as the night must pass in order to get to the new day, the only way to arrive at the light of the next cycle is to finish the darkness of this one. And clearly, we all know that dark experiences definitely exist in our world, and we don't need to look far to find them. However, there's also more to life than the suffering that the ancients foresaw, so much more. Even in our time of great darkness, the polarities of peace healing, love, and compassion are alive, well, and abundant. Our ancestors had an amazingly deep grasp of just what our experience of cosmic cycles means on multiple levels. 
Somehow they knew that Earth's position in the heavens would affect the physical conditions in our world. As well as the emotional and spiritual experiences that we need to embrace them. Through myth, analogy, and metaphor, they remind us that the farther we travel away from the source of such powerful energy, the deeper we are in darkness, and the more out of sync we find ourselves with the fields that influence life here on Earth. So from the traditions of the Hopi to the ancient Vedas, it's this experience of separateness that is credited with our sense of being lost as well. Our ancestors cautioned that at the most distant point in our cycle, we would forget who we are, our connectedness to one another, and our connection to the earth. They told us that we would forget our past. It's precisely this disconnected feeling that seems to be the consequence of the cyclical journey that carries us to the far end of our galactic orbit. It's also the fear that is spawned by such feelings that has led to the chaos, war, and destruction at the end of cycles past. The key to 2012 and our time in history is to understand the language of nature's cycles and to use that language today to prepare for the future. Ultimately, we may discover that our ability to understand and apply the rules of this change into a new world age holds the key to our deepest healing, our greatest joy, and our survival as a species. For more in-depth information on this subject, look for Greg Braden's books, Fractal Time and Deep Truth, or just check out his website, gregbraden.com. Now, there are so many, so, so many different points of view on this subject. And we've covered a brief account from astrology, a perspective from many ancient traditions, guidance from Metatron, and a scientific point of view from Greg Braden. And now let's open up to a Kabbalistic point of view from Yehuda Berg in his book 2012 and Beyond. He tells us that Kabbalist Rav Abba, the great sage who scribed the contents of the Zohar, encourages us to not calculate a time frame for the end of the world or the coming of the Messiah. He suggests this because when a date is set for such occurrences, then we deny the possibility of the restoration of perfection occurring in the present. He suggests that the idea of heaven on earth can occur in any moment. 
approximately 2,000 years ago, the Zohar suggested various dates for the end of this current world and the arrival of a new one. The dates were markings of windows of opportunity for humanity to bring about change. The Zohar suggests that every generation has opportunities for change. Sometimes they are huge opportunities, and other times the opportunities are there, yet the change is more difficult to achieve. And naturally, there are times when there is little or no window of opportunity for change. According to Kabbalah, the Messiah is not a person, but rather a state of global awareness, a state of global consciousness. It's up to humanity as a collective to ignite global change. As we focus on our own individual transformation of the ego and shift from a competitive awareness to an energy of cooperation and the collective good, we are contributing to the creation of a new global consciousness. Now, with this idea in mind, we can reflect on seeing that the possibility for a shift in global consciousness is available in any moment and not a predetermined moment in time. The Zohar also explains that missed opportunities are not wasted efforts. Every time that people make efforts towards change, by making change within, the positive emergence that is generated by change on an individual level is accumulative. It's never wasted. Each effort helps to move the world closer to the end of pain and suffering. There is energy in the world that aims to prevent the coming of an age of peace and prosperity for all humankind. This negative energy is simply a lack of consciousness, or you might say, this energy is simply unconsciousness. This unconsciousness embodies the energy of, you guessed it, Fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, criticism, judgment, greed, war, suffering. It is the collective of negative thoughts we often refer to this aspect of humanity as the ego. If we believe that negative thoughts and opinions that are manufactured in our mind are true, 
then we believe that we have no control over our thinking. If we believe life is hopeless, then our efforts towards transformation are eliminated by the false belief in negative thinking. Consequently, you will become right about your thoughts, about not being able to change the course of your fear, anxiety, and worry, which are in actuality based on false assumptions about yourself and about the world. The choice to be conscious is a great privilege, a great privilege that is available to everyone. And the choice to be conscious is also a great challenge. The world around us is created by our state of consciousness and our beliefs. If we believe there is no order or justice in the world, then chaos and injustice will be a huge part of our reality. Our beliefs will make us correct, and we will be negative, and we will be miserable. However, when we rise above the negativity and recognize these negative thoughts and beliefs as opportunity to choose consciousness, then we will be able to see the thought separate from ourselves. And then we will have little or no power. These thoughts will have little or no power or control over us. And little or no power or control over our emotions, our beliefs, and our actions. Then we are able to affect positive change in our lives and in the way that we contribute to a change in the consciousness of humanity. Our minds have the power to end the world of negativity and birth a new world of consciousness right now, right now in this very moment. This is, well, this does not occur simply by making an intellectual decision. This type of change comes through a personal commitment to transformation on an individual level a personal commitment to transformation on an individual level to allow ourselves to become pure in our thoughts, words, and actions. Like no other parallel time in the record of history, since the year 2000, natural disasters have ravaged the planet, killing and adversely affecting the lives of millions of people. Some would suggest that human behavior is the cause of these types of disasters and devastation. Mother nature and human nature are intrinsically connected. The Zohar suggests that man's actions have an impact on the universe, including inanimate objects, the animal kingdom, the mineral kingdom, and the vegetable kingdom. Like the ongoing encouragement from the Dalai Lama, in order to thrive, we must increase our compassion and grow in our tolerance and love for people of all nations, especially our enemies. It takes commitment and diligence and vigilance 
as negative thinking is still in great abundance in the world, and negative thoughts can multiply by the moment. It is essential for humanity to take individual responsibility for the energy in terms of thought, words, and actions that they contribute to the world. Often it is through suffering, financial hardship, natural disasters, health issues, family crisis, or personal strife that forces people to search for the goodness within them and to seek out the goodness within others. Ancient Kabbalists encourage humanity to behave like bees and not spiders. They suggest that spiders hoard, and in contrast, bees gather and collect and then give it all away. When our consciousness is free of the ego desires, then through our mind and our thoughts, our consciousness will be able to more directly affect positive change on the trillions of cells that make up our physical body. It is at that time that we will rise to a whole new level of existence beyond that, which has been previously experienced. This can be done through the process of purging the mind from self-interest and coming together in a collective human consciousness. It's interesting to note that many people don't believe that consciousness can change our reality and control our health and our body. And some would suggest that the lack of believing in such things is what makes it impossible for humanity to reach this level of human consciousness and awareness. But we are indeed at the dawning of a new age, and according to the great sages of Kabbalah and many other traditions, the end of the old world, age, marks the end of the dominance of the human ego. The beginning of the new age is a time of the unleashing of our true human potential and the activation of who we are on a soul level. So it's good to remember that idea of the macrocosm and the microcosm. The unrest in the world represents the unrest within each individual that makes up humanity. We have a positive or a negative effect on the planet based on our own energy output or input. When your energy is tuned in a negative or critical way, this contributes to the energy of competition, with the idea of things working out well only for a select portion of the population, whose success is often founded by taking advantage of others. However, when you consciously and purposefully focus your energy in a positive way, with the idea of envisioning the best possible outcome for all situations and circumstances, then your energy is always contributing to a world based on cooperation, harmony, and goodness for all. Now, Lori Wilson from Inner Access 101 has been channeling an ancient Shoshone elder referred to as grandmother since 1989. 
And Lori teaches that channeling is not a mystical gift, but rather a skill that everyone can learn. She asks the question of Grandmother regarding what would the spirit world have to reflect to us about 2012? And the following is Grandmother's response. The ancient cultures that had much wisdom, that looked thousands of years ago and looked upon this time, and what is known as the end of the Mayan calendar, they were not able to see anything. They could not see our world. Truth, really, the world was not gone. The world simply was not there as they knew it. They could not see into what we were able to do and access with new paradigms. They could not see the technology, the communication systems, the way that we're able to, in the future beyond 2012, move ourselves from one place to another, what you currently call teleportation, and will likely be called something else as it becomes more fashionable in your everyday world. But our world will still be here. Our world will always be here. It does not have any plans on going anywhere. The world as we know it will always also still be here. We'll still walk about and we'll still see one another and we will all physically still be here. There's talk of certain people not being here, uh, dying or perishing if they're not evolved to a certain transition point. This is just not accurate. And that is a frightening way to say you must get ready and fix yourself all up, basically, to be how I'm picturing you to be, which is like myself, of course, or you would not be able to come to this party called life. No, 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 no. We need to let go of that old-fashioned kind of thinking. The world will still be here exactly as we know it. People will still be here exactly as they have always been. And yes, there will be many advances within us energetically and with technology and communication systems. We'll be able to access worlds beyond. We'll be able to transition our physical body and not have to perish to do such a thing. We will be able to do all kinds of incredible things in the worlds of transportation, the worlds of communication and technologies that will be helping our people, all people, in many, many creative and wonderful ways. So it is a very exciting time to be moving into this transition. In fact, as Grandmother has been saying for years, since 2008, it really marked the beginning of this type of creative thinking, this type of expansive thinking that brings us into our world beyond. Just like perhaps in the last 50 years, you have become more tolerant and more welcoming of different cultures, of differences, perhaps within religion, differences within language, geographic fashions and cultures, and as you have become more tolerant of one another, you will also continue to become more tolerant towards those who can look and travel and look beyond, and those who can walk in the everyday world, 
just as they have always done. We have spoken for years and years actively about intuition and that we need to have one strong, firm leg in the everyday waking world and one strong, firm leg exploring what is beyond in perhaps what is deemed the invisible worlds. Now, as we are evolving and transitioning, we are able to have that be more commonplace, to be more common and to be more knowledgeable. Just as perhaps you would have chosen to use a debit machine or you would have chosen to take an airplane somewhere to travel. You would choose to do that because the tech, it is technology that exists. But you would not, not be seen as strange for doing so. Now, we will have continued advancements where we can step off this planet, as it were, and perhaps that is the most outlandish thing that we can think about now. But it will become common. We will be able to do it soon enough. And we will still be here walking around in our everyday world as well. We will look from one to the next and we will not have judgments about one another. We will just say, oh, you have chosen to do this teleportation thing. Or you are using that technology for healing. Hmm, that is a choice that you have. It will be no different than getting on an airplane or choosing to have a cellular phone or choosing to use a debit machine. Not all people use those technologies at this time either. So let us embrace the exciting evolution. Let us feel the exciting change. Let us put to rest all this talk of we will not be here and death and destruction and you will make it and you will not that is frightening people and is so not accurate. When our ancients looked over the edge of time and over the edge of the world, they could not see many of us. It was not because we disappeared or died or ascended. It was simply because we were off, perhaps we were on vacation, or using technology that they had no words to describe. This is a sign of discovery, a sign of evolution, a sign of the future, nothing more. It is not a sign of exclusivity, it is not a sign of, you had best get ready or you will not be invited to the party. No, no, no. Our world is wise. Our ancient, ancient earth is wise beyond anyone's known grasp or description. We will be here for a long time and we will have ways of discovering things beyond our own front door and beyond our own nose beyond our own planet, perhaps, in the years and years to come. And this will be good medicine. There's nothing to be frightened about, beyond the world or in the universe in general.
The universe itself, dear ones, is a very, very deep place of balance and kindness and benevolence of understanding and of what you would understand to be love. But we do not necessarily speak of it in that way. There is just knowingness, a balance, a grace in the universe proper. So all of the busy things that we have been discovering here in our sandbox called the world, Earth as a planet, and all that you have been learning inside of yourself, paradigm-wise, for hundreds of thousands of years, making this big wrestle between love and fear and love and fear, you have learned enough where you can transition beyond fear into the kinds of technologies and discoveries that are natural and commonplace in the universe proper. And so, welcome. Welcome to this important time of life beyond 2012, where we will all just choose whatever we wish to choose. And there will be good company and inclusivity of all of this, the way that it was meant to be. So let us give thanks and blessings to all of our ancestors, those amazing cultures and seers who could look thousands of years down into the future. Imagine if we could do the same today. Well, we can. And there will be, perhaps, some edits 2,000 years from now as to what we could perceive or even describe with our current day language as to how our world will look 2,000 years in our future for our great, 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 great grandchildren and all the generations to come. So enjoy this delightful time. Breathe deeply. Be proud of all that you have accomplished to date. And carry on. Carry on with love and light in your heart. And so, my dearest ones, be blessed. So there is the message from Grandmother. And you can find more information about Grandmother and about Lori Wilson and her work at interaccess101.com. And as we're winding up the show today, I'd just like to end the show with a vision prayer from Diana Cooper. I have a vision where all people are at peace, fed, and housed. Every child is loved and educated to develop their talents. Where the heart is more important than the head and wisdom is revered over riches. 
in this world, justice, equality, and fairness rule. Nature is honored. So the waters flow pure and clear, and the air is fresh and clean. Plants and trees are nurtured, and all animals are respected and treated with kindness. Happiness and laughter prevail, and humans walk hand in hand with angels. Thank you for the love, understanding, wisdom, courage, and humility to do my part to spread light. May all the world ascend. So be it. That's a beautiful vision prayer from Diana Cooper on visioning the world in the peaceful, grateful place that we can as we make this in transition and this dawning of a great new age. I thank you all for joining me. You have been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio, and I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. You can find me on the net, leahbrendasmith.com, on Facebook at Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And until next time, I encourage all of us to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.